Amen. We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today's scripture reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 3. La escritura de hoy viene del libro de Romanos, capítulo 3. Romans, chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. And then we will read from 19 to 23. So you can go ahead and follow along in your Bibles, or the scripture will also be in the projector screen right behind me. Or if you're worshiping from home, it'll be in the slides um, available for us as well. Uh, Romans 3, 10 to 12, I'll be reading for us um, the passage in English. You can follow along in the language of your choice, the language of your heart. But um, I will go ahead and read God's word for us uh, this morning from Romans 3. 10 to 12. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And then verse 19 now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will declare righteousness in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Verse 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we just pray that you would shine your light on us, that you would illumine us, God. Any areas of our lives, Lord, where there are shadows, would you bring clarity, God? Any areas of our lives, Lord, where there is, um, where you're not there, we want to invite you into it today. So, God, out of the depth of, um, of our hearts and of our minds, we just cry out to you and we turn toward you today, Lord God. Forgive us when we've moved away from you or hidden from you, Lord God. But today we are taking that step of drawing near toward you, Lord. And you tell us, God, that your word is a light on our path. So this morning, God, would you shine that light toward us to give us a clear path to be able to move forward in. And Lord, um, we know that the good work that you began in us, you're going to bring into full completion, Lord, in the day of Christ Jesus. So do that even now, even in the short time that we have together to pray, to listen to your word, and to worship as well, God. Make us new, O oh Lord. Make us more like you. We pray all of this in the faithful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So today, by God's grace, we're really able to experience and meet God right where we're at. We can seek and serve God wherever we find ourselves. 
That's part of the beauty of the gospel, that the gospel has a way of humbling all of us at the same time, but also elevating all of us at the same time. That's part of the miraculous work of Jesus. He's able to do it all at the same time. As we read in the passage in Romans, right? There is no one righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say there is some righteous and others are not. It doesn't say some have sinned and fallen short. It says all. And, you know, one very important lesson that we pick up and and learn about in the scriptures in the book of Romans is when it says all, it really means all, not just some. So God really does have a way of putting us all on the same level, on the same page. He both humbles us, but then by his grace and salvation, he also elevates us. So we're able to find God wherever we find ourselves, whether we're taking our first steps with him or our next steps with him. We're able to go deep and wide in whatever season we find ourselves in. Whether it's a high season right now or a lower season for you or an encouraging or a discouraging season for you, Jesus will meet you there and take you where you need to be. And you can do that even as you open your eyes and look around. You can find areas to love, serve, and grow and mature in your home, in your workplace, in your family life, in the ordinary God meets us there. That's part of what we talked about last week, that Jesus specializes in that. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So again, he has this way of putting us all on the same page. Today, we're going to talk about how we can grow right where we are in whatever season, whatever time, whatever space, whatever that may look like for you, Jesus can use that for growth. And to put it most basically, today we're going to talk about and reflect on what I like to call, and I've mentioned this before here at Imago, household faith, meaning that God will use our household, which is really just where we are, the season, our family, our circumstance, He will use all of that for his purposes. You know, one thing we've said here before at Imago is that we can really see God do something extraordinary when we realize that he is at work here and now. Mission and discipleship actually begins at home. It begins right where we are. I love the way that one person, um, Teresa of Calcutta, once said it. says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to, don't try to conquer the whole world if you haven't even conquered yourself. If you want to bless those around you, work on yourself. Practicing faith principles can begin at home. Practicing deep discipleship can begin with reflecting in. And working on myself, working on yourself, it all begins at home. It all begins right where we are, even in our church community. 
Again, here at Imago, we love and respect and we honor and we support international missionaries or national missionaries and organizations. But what we come to learn throughout the call of the gospel in the New Testament is that mission begins at home. It begins right where we are. It begins internally. And then an overflow of that will be external. It's not just going across the ocean. Mission and discipleship is not just going across the street, but you and I, friends, brothers, sisters, we are local missionaries seeking to serve God right where we are, just as we are. So the starting point for mission for some of us may simply be going across the hall or going across the room to serve and minister and build up who God has placed around us. And for many of us, that's our own household or, or, or neighbor or roommate or friend or whatever season you find yourself in. Or for some of us, that first step of deep discipleship may not be an external one, but an internal one. And asking God to renew, to restore something on the inside in order to bless others on the outside. So whether whatever that may look like for you, what's that next step that God calls you to? That next step of mission, of discipleship, of growth, of maturity. For some of us, it can start with serving our own families, our own households, or those that God has placed around us. Um, there are a number of variations of families and households that we see in the scriptures, but the truth is that we all belong to different types of households. We all belong to a variety of families and communities, big, small, blended, adoptive, and everything in between. And by the way, we see all of that in the scriptures, and God works with that as well. We see that God loves households and communities. And God actually calls us to love and serve our own households and communities as well. You know, I remember when I, I really learned this concept that mission begins at home. And the way that I maintain my own household or my own internal life is going to impact all other areas of my ministry or all other areas of my work or service to others. But um, last year, actually, I remember really uh, learning this from uh, one of my best friends, who's also my, my pastoral mentor. And um, he actually uh, went through a crisis a year ago. It was a family crisis, which revolved around his 17-year-old daughter who went missing about a year ago. And it was shocking, and it shook him. And so many, including Charlotte and myself, who have been close friends with this family. And there was a time where I was actually going to drop everything and join him in the search. She was missing for about a week. Thankfully, after about that week passed, she was found. And this friend of mine, um, he needed to take a pause from everything from his ministry, from his work, from everything he had on his plate. And he needed to take this pause to be able to walk alongside his teenage daughter that just needed him in this time and his growing family. 
And I came to realize there, and even in a conversation with him, that when it comes to your household or who God has entrusted you to care for or steward or that community that, that God has put right in front of you, the most important thing to do is to be able to stop and go take care of that. Stop and go take care of your family. Stop and go take care of your household. Stop and go take care of what God has entrusted you to care for. Again, for some of us, it's that household and family. For others, it's those friends, those influence, those that God has placed around our lives as well. Stop and go take care of what or who God has entrusted you with. It's kind of like going on an airplane, right? Some of you have done it before. And you've probably heard it a million times and you forget about it. But what does it always say about the, the oxygen? It says, please place your own oxygen masks first before helping someone else. So stop and take care of what God has entrusted you to take care of first. And then an overflow of that will be, able to, will be to serve and love others. So how about for you? Where do you need to apply the principle of household faith or really um, serving who or what God has entrusted you with? Where is God telling you, just like he told my dear friend and my pastoral mentor, where is he telling you, stop, go take care of what I've entrusted you to take care of? Go take care of your family. Go take care of your household. Go take care of the responsibility that I've placed in front of you. Go take care of your own business. Go take care of your life. Go take care of your body. Remember, the Lord even calls our bodies his temple. Go take care of that. That's all precious for the Lord. It counts. Go put your own house in order. Before saving the world or finding solutions to the world, go take care of yourself. Take care of what God has entrusted you with. Take care of your household. Take care of your temple. Whenever God is taking us to the next level of growth or maturity or discipleship, sometimes it's going to mean just going back to basics, doing the things that we already know about, but we've just forgotten about. And really in the New Testament, we see just a lot of reminders of that, of just going back to basics in our faith. On several occasions, we see just the importance of living out our faith, beginning right where we are, taking care of our household, taking care of our temple, of our own life. And we see really how life can change um, in so many different ways when, when we either choose to take care of what God has entrusted us with or when we um, deny it or when we ignore it. We see that there can be deep impact either way. But one of the ways that we can also be a blessing really to, to others and to serve right where we are is by learning to also share the gospel, to share the good news with others. And God can use you as you are to be able to pass that along. 
You know, sometimes some people can think, well, I don't think I have the gift of being able to share my faith or of evangelism. Well, the truth is, it's, it's not just a gift, it's a command. It's something that God invites all of us to be able to do. And God will use you uniquely with your personality, with your strengths, with your weaknesses to be able to pass on your faith and invite others into a life with Jesus as well. One of the things we're doing in the fall is we're all um, praying into at least two people, at least two, that God could really um, uh, use us to be able to share the gospel with to invite them into a relationship with Jesus, to invite them into God's family here at Imago Church. And by God's grace, I can tell you that in my now um, many years, almost 20 years of being in the Lord, um, I've been able to, to share the gospel with countless amounts of people. And many of them have come to the Lord, but I'll be 100% honest with you, I have faced a lot of rejection when it comes to sharing the gospel, and perhaps you have as well, and that's something that can be uh, expected. But when we allow God to use us as we are for his purposes to be able to share the good news, um, God's always, it's, he's always going to use that for his purposes. We're planting gospel seeds, and really we're, we're aligning with and allowing God to use us as local missionaries when we pass on the gospel. So a very quick tool that I want to share with us before we go back to the point of um, household stewardship and, and faith and in being entrusted with what God has uh, called us to be entrusted with, I just want to go over a brief scripture plan on how you can have the tools to be able to just share the gospel with someone else, just as you are, right where you are, remembering that mission and discipleship begins here and now. And God can use it all for his purposes and for his glory. And some of you have perhaps learned this scripture plan before, but if you haven't, I want to invite you to write it down in your notes and eventually we're going to um, have it printed out so that you can have access to it as well. But it's in really what can be called the Romans road, the Romans road, the path to salvation. And this is really a, a scripture um, path that really answers what salvation is, why it matters, and what action steps to be able to take. So it really answers the what, so what, and now what on the path to salvation in Romans Road. And again, I'm sharing this as a tool to remind us all that God uses us just as we are in our strengths, in our weaknesses, with our personality, with our spiritual gifts, with all of that. But we can all be able to respond to the question, what, so what, and now what when it comes to salvation? So Romans Road begins with what, right? In Romans 3.10, and you can write this down in your notes or in your phone or whatever it may be. So you can have access to it when the opportunity comes. Romans 3.10 reminds us the what of salvation, why it even matters. We read it earlier today. It says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. So what does that mean? That means that no one is perfect, that we all need help. We all need a Savior, that something is broken 
internally and externally, and God is able to put that back together. That's what salvation is. So again, that's the first step. Romans 3.10, it tells us what. But then Romans 3.23 tells us so what, why this matters, right? Romans 3.23, if we can uh, get it up there, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. That means that we have all messed up. And we need God to restore and to renew us, to restore us. And that salvation is for all. All means all, not just some. For all people in all times, in all places. And then the next step in Romans Road is Romans 5.23, which reminds us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. That means that the price of sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is new life with him. Amen. Then Romans 10.9. That's the next step in Romans road, which tells us now what? Right? Okay, now what do we do with that? It says this. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So now, in your notes there, you already have some of the tools to be able to point someone to salvation, to pass on your faith, and God will use you right where you're at because mission and discipleship and evangelism, it all begins at home. It all begins right where we are. And then um, Romans also points to not only now what, but then what, right? There's something called the assurance of God's love and the power of salvation in the life of that person where you can remind them that Jesus is enough, that the cross is enough. In Romans 8, 38 to 39, it gives us that assurance of the salvation that we have in Christ. It says this, I'm not sure we have this one up in the slides, but you can follow along in your Bibles or you can hear, uh, uh, you can hear it read, but write it down in your, in your notes, the assurance of God's salvation in Romans 8, 38 to 39 which says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And hallelujah to that. That's the assurance of our salvation. So the path to salvation begins on Romans Road with these simple tools that God can use in and through you just as you are right where you are. And friends, brothers, sisters, as your pastor, as a friend, as a spiritual guide, as someone that's been on that journey, I just want to be able to affirm you in this. You can do this. You can share your faith with someone else just as you are right where you are. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't have to look 
perfect or put together, but you can point people to Jesus in this way because you are a local missionary. You are a disciple and a discipler. You are blessed to be a blessing. You can lead someone to salvation. You can help disciple someone into their next step, their next level on their journey with Jesus. You can invite someone to be a part of God's family through Imago Church, to be a part of God's household here at Imago Church. And when it comes to passing on our faith, I think it's very important for all of us to lay down the stress or the burden of being the ones who save. Here's the good news. Jesus saves, not me, not you. Jesus is Savior. You or I are not going to save anyone on our own. You or I are not able to fix anyone on our own. But what do we do? We carry them to Jesus. We point them to Jesus. We, we pass on the faith that has been passed on to us. So again, friend, brother, sister, you can do this. We can do this together. God will use us just as we are right where we are because mission, discipleship, evangelism begins at home and it begins here and now. And we really see that there is power in one and through multiplication, through one, through a household, an entire generation can be saved. Don't make light of that. Through the way God uses you, generations and lineages can be saved. Paul, the author of Romans, was one who impacted so many. And he definitely didn't have a perfect life. He ended up writing most of the New Testament. So in whatever family or community or who or what God has entrusted you to belong to, it all matters. You matter. You matter to God. Your life makes a difference. So don't give in to the lie in those moments where you think it doesn't because the truth is it does. Act as if what you do matters because it does. One of my favorite writers, William James, once said that. But here's the truth, again, how God uses us just as we are, right where we are, to use ordinary to do extraordinary things. Sometimes we have these big words and there's, you know, a bunch of uh, books written on them and conferences on them and all of that. But they can be defined very easily, very simply. Words like discipleship and words like leadership, Right? So discipleship, really the way I would define discipleship is this. Discipleship is who you hang out with. Discipleship is what you spend your time doing. All of that is discipling you. So we all know how to be discipled already. Now how can we redirect that toward Jesus, toward the gospel? What is leadership? Yeah, there are a bunch of conferences and books. I've read a bunch of them and gone to them. But really, it comes down to this. Leadership is who you influence. All of us influence someone. 
all of us have a role to play in discipleship and in leadership because we all hang out with someone. We all influence someone. And parents, I just want to be able to emphasize that for you. There is power in your influence. There is power in you being able to point your household, your children to Jesus. So just to be able to speak to parents for a moment here, and all of us, we can apply this whether we're parents or not, but in what God has entrusted you to be able to steward with or as you prepare to be a parent one day. But the truth is this, that I've come to learn and experience firsthand that parents are the number one spiritual influence for their children. It's not the school, whether it's a private or public one. It's not the church. It's not anyone else. You are the household pastor. You are the household influence. And God calls you to steward that special relationship of household faith. Mothers, you have the power through your influence to shape the way that your children view the care and the compassion of God. Fathers, you will shape the interest that your children have in God and in the Bible and in the church. So here's the bottom line. Yes, to parents, but maybe we can apply this to other areas of influence, whether you are a mentor or friend or a cousin or big sister, or big brother, whatever it may be. Here's the truth. If those that God has entrusted you to care for, if they see you uninterested and passive about the ways of God, guess what? They will be uninterested and passive about God's ways. But if they see you passionate, full of joy, open, and interested in the ways of the Lord, guess what? They will be open and interested in the ways of the Lord. Again, parents and leaders of whatever God has entrusted you to steward and care for, be reminded of this charge. Be reminded of this responsibility. You are a huge spiritual influence on your children. The number one spiritual influence on your children. For those of us that lead in other ways, you are a huge influence on those God has entrusted you to care for. And before we go forward in that, let's just name it. Some of us may be thinking, well, you know what, Pastor Carlos, I appreciate that and I hear that up here, but the truth is that I've messed up. I've messed up as a parent when they were younger, now they're older. I now have adult children or teenage children or whatever it be means. Or yes, I'm not a parent, but I did have someone that I did have this, the responsibility to point toward Christ, but I didn't. Okay, let's begin now. We can't go back to that. Let's begin now. Let's put that at the foot of the cross and begin now just as you are right where you are because mission begins at home. Discipleship begins here and now with what God has placed and who God has placed in front of you.
Again, if you want to change the world, take care of your business. Go home and love your family. Steward and care for what God has entrusted you with. Take care of your temple. Draw near to the Lord right now, just as you are. Begin practicing these principles at home and in those circles of influence that, what, what God, that God has placed you in. You know, an example for me is I'm grateful for, you know, the, the spiritual family that I have here at Imago Church and friendships around the world and, and whatnot. And, but the truth is I've been humbled and I know the, the fact of the matter is that I'm the pastor of this church. I've been called to serve, love, and lead this community because God has entrusted me and leaders of this church with that responsibility. But you know, I've, I've, each one of us here has that responsibility in our own home as well. God has entrusted you with a call, with the call in your own household, with the call in your own stewardship, with your own temple, with, with what God has placed in front of you. And that even includes me. Again, I'm grateful for the role, the responsibility, the all of that to be Pastor Carlos here at Imago Church. But at home, Pastor Carlos doesn't exist. It's shocking. Sometimes I wish he existed, right? But it doesn't exist, especially with my children. I'm just dad or daddy or papa or papi. Or as my kids say it, from 6.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, nonstop, dad, 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 dad. That's me at home. But as household leaders and disciplers, let's remember that those that we influence, whether we're parents and those are our children, or whether we influence or lead in different ways, they may not always listen to what we say, but they will watch and observe everything we do. Even if you don't have children, but those who you shape and influence, they won't always listen to what you say, but because you are an ambassador of Christ, they will watch and observe everything that you do. And, and, that, and really how we shepherd them and love them, that's going to shape their ideas of who God is. So friend, brother, sister, you matter. Your life matters. Pay attention here and now. So before I keep going, let's just name something. Let's name the fact that, um, you know, some of us may be thinking, well, the truth is, Pastor Carlos, I never really grew up with any kind of household faith. My parents, my family, or those in my circle of influence never really pointed me toward that. And maybe when you think about your own household or your own family of origin, there's a lot of pain in, in, and, and regret in thinking of that. Or maybe you grew up in an ultra-religious, um, legalistic type of household that distorted the gospel for you. And maybe right now you're just rediscovering what the, the precious and, and, um, and powerful words of Jesus actually have to say in your life. There are a lot of things you need to unlearn before you learn this new thing that God is doing in your life. And with all of that, I just want to say, I hear you, I believe you, we hear you, we love you, and we're going to walk alongside you on that journey. But the journey begins 
now, here and now. Not in the worry of the past, not in the regret of the past or the worry of the future, but we find God hanging out here and now, in front of us. And I want you to be clear about this. Whether you regret your past or your own past or you feel you messed up or others failed you, the grace of God reminds us of this. Where the gospel picture is missing, where the biblical picture is missing or is different, remember that the grace of God abounds. That love covers over a multitude of sins. The grace and the love of God covers all of that, and God will meet you and your life and your season and your household just as you are and take you where you need to be. You know, I've really come to learn as a parent that families are messy. Maybe it's just mine, right? Families are messy. And we even see that throughout the scriptures. But God doesn't give up. God doesn't give up on households. God doesn't give up on messy people. And parenting and leadership in many ways is messy. It's a developing household faith or developing care and stewardship for what God has entrusted us with, really the way that we do that is really through our weakness, through our brokenness. We can point our children, we can point those that God has invited us to influence, we can point them all to God's truth and grace. And if we had more time, you know, I would be able to share a little bit more about just my own experience of household faith. But the truth is, and I've shared with some of you, that in my own journey, my parents were not perfect. My parents were not spiritual giants. But they did the best they could. And then grace abounds. God makes a way. And again, they did the best they could. And where they didn't have the answers, they pointed me to God. They pointed me to the word of God. And you can do the same thing. When you feel like you lack, when you feel like you don't have the answers, you don't have to try to pretend. You can point them to God. You can pray with them. You can point them to the one who does make a way. So really, that's part of our journey together in this year. As we're going the next level, we're starting with going back to basics. We're starting with keeping it simple, with taking care of our household and taking care of what God has entrusted us to take care of, with our household, with our community, and with our temple, with the person, with the individual that God has um, entrusted us to develop and care for. We're learning to be able to be used by God just as we are right where we are, how to share the gospel, and how to begin with keeping our own house in order, our own temple in order. Because discipleship begins right where we are. The Bible says it best in a familiar passage in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. And I'm not sure we have it on the slides, but you could hear me uh, read it today. And it's a very familiar passage, Joshua 24, 15, which reminds us 
that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My prayer is that all individuals, all families, all households at Imago Church would hold on and keep to this proclamation. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and what God has entrusted me with, as for me and my temple and my stewardship, I will serve the Lord. And that can apply here in your church community or it could apply at home for you. At Imago Church, this is the family of God. This is the chosen family, the chosen community of God. So regardless of what your situation is, I want you to know that you matter and you belong to a family because of the goodness and the grace of God. So you and I belong to God's household and together we can proclaim we will serve the Lord. And I and all of those that have been entrusted into leadership here at Imago Church, we will never turn away from that promise that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord together. And as for me and my church, together we will serve the Lord. Just as we are right where we are. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, great is your faithfulness. It's indescribable, Lord. It's undeniable. We can't compare it to anything else because we haven't seen anything like your grace, Lord, like your unconditional love that we get to experience, Lord. Lord, continue to mold us, to shape us into who you've created us to be, Lord. Into the men after your own heart, into the women after your own heart, Lord. And Lord, today, as we prepare for this week ahead, some of us have some time to rest and reflect, Lord, even on Labor Day. Others perhaps not, Lord. But God, continue to just build us up, Lord God. Build your church. Build your household, Lord. And that is our declaration, God, here at Imago Church as your household, as your family, Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Together we will do that, Lord, as long as you call us in that direction, Lord. Build us up, Lord. Help us to choose to give one another love and grace just like the love and grace that you extend toward us in all seasons and all circumstances help us to love you and love one another as we are not as we think we ought to be Lord but as we are here and now God and give us faith Lord to be able to trust you and to know God that you hold us in your hands, that you got it, Lord, you got us. So Lord, right now we even wanna pray for some of those names, for some of those people, God, that you've placed into our care. 
So just as you are right now, I just want you to pray in silence or you can say the name out loud, whatever you choose to do. Pray for that person. Pray for those in your circle of influence. Pray for those in your household. Pray for your own season, for your own temple, for whatever you're going through right now. Pray it and give it to the Lord this morning. this household, God. And each one of us plays an important role in it, Lord. And each one of us can declare in unity, in joy, that as for me and my house, as for me and my church, as for me and my temple, we will serve the Lord. God, we need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you that you are quick to offer all of those things and you are slow to anger, God. Heal us, God, and make us alive. We give up, Lord, today and just trying to make it happen, God, or to snap out of it or to just fix it, Lord, God. And instead we're yielding and we're saying, Lord, may your will be done. Today, Lord, we choose to Lean in to your call to surrender to what you're doing in our lives and in the life of our community, in the lives of our household, in the life of our temple, in the life of what you've entrusted us with, Lord. Thank you, God, because when we entrust things into your hands, that's the best and safest place that they can possibly be. Thank you for hearing our prayers, Lord. Thank you for loving us. It's in the faithful name of Jesus Christ that we pray.